With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 28 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. Back here with my co-host, Sam Marks. Hey, Johnny. Hey, everybody. Really excited to, to talk to you again and have on the show today, Nav, who is the CEO of Realty Shares. Yeah, man. I'm super stoked for this episode. So Realty Shares, I'm just going to read you a, a short description just to make sure I get it absolutely concise, is an online marketplace for real estate investing that is transforming the real estate investment landscape. Realty Shares offers investors access to pre-vetted real estate investment and the ability to invest as little as $5,000 from the convenience of their laptop or tablet. So just to give like a very easy explanation of what Realty Shares is to listeners, since we already had on Brett Crosby, the CEO of Peer Street, and Ben Miller, the CEO of Fundrise, it's sort of a blend of both. So you can go on to Realty Shares, and in like the description says you can invest $5,000 in either debt deals, we're actually loaning uh, loaning money to borrowers similar to like Empire Street, or you can actually invest in equity, preferred equity, or um, or or equity into any you know assortment of deals. And I don't know if you've been on yet, Giant, but I've taken a look at some of the deals. They're really really interesting. Like you can invest in in uh, taco uh, new taco shops uh, on commercial property. You can invest in all types of multi unit properties that I know you know you're interested in doing. It's it's got a kind of a, a buffet of all types of, of awesome real estate deals. I like it. I can't wait to talk to, to Nav. So uh, without further ado, let's have him on the show. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Invest Like a Boss. Today, we are joined with Nav, who is the founder and CEO of Realty Shares. Nav, it's it's great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, buddy, we're stoked to have you on the chat. Realty Shares is killing it. And uh, man, we are all over the press and media. And I really think you guys are a standout marketplace in a very hot and trending industry. So I got to imagine that it's it's very exciting time and place to be uh, the founder and CEO. Uh, it's a very exciting and uh, a good time and also a very busy time. So yeah, <laughs> I think we're on the cutting edge of, of changing how real estate investing and capital raising works. And I couldn't be more excited to be one of the pioneers and have a really great team behind us. Yeah, very exciting stuff. And you're joining us from the West Coast. I believe you're out in San Francisco. Yeah, bright and sunny day in San Francisco. So joining you uh, from the Bay Area, uh, the hub of technology. <laughs> uh, so yeah, really excited to be on. What is uh, uh, your background in San Francisco? Have you always been out there or did you just move out there with the, the new business? So I don't know what the right time period is when you can call yourself from a certain city, but I've mm -hmm. been here now for eight years. And I think that's probably around the range when you can say, yes, I'm from San Francisco. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I've been here for a while, but I actually uh, grew, I grew up in California, born and raised, uh, spent time in various parts of California, including the Sacramento region mm -hmm. um, and in San Francisco now for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, started actually my career as an engineer working in Oakland after graduating from, from college and, um, 
uh, after working as an engineer for six months, I decided to uh, dive into the real estate world as a broker, got my broker's license and started selling uh, homes and commercial buildings um, and then went to law school in 2007 mm -hmm. uh, Berkeley, um, so still in the Bay Area and uh, graduated in 2010 and practiced real estate law for three years before founding Realty Shares uh, at a firm in San Francisco. A really exciting time because San Francisco is infamously hard to develop and build anything. So yeah. I was helping developers build things in an otherwise very difficult uh, market. Um, so got to work with some really large institutional uh, REITs and funds like mm. Arts Avalon Bay Equity Residential, which is Sam Zell's uh, company, um, and helping them build um, thousands of units in and around San Francisco and also get approvals for uh, hundreds of thousands of square feet of uh, commercial space. And then two of my most exciting projects where I actually helped Airbnb and Pinterest get their um, get entitlements and permits for their headquarters offices. So wow. uh, a little mix of, little mix of startup uh, real estate work there, too. Uh, so that's what I did uh, before founding Realty Shares. Um, so, you know, a lot of fun and uh, just have a strong passion for, for real estate. So spent a lot of time in it. Nice. And do you have any favorite parts of California? If it work aside, if you just were going to go spend the next 10 years any place in California and you could work remotely, is there a, a specific place you'd love? <laughs> well, I, I so just got to give San Francisco a plug. I mm -hmm. love San Francisco. And what I love about it is um, there's so much beauty, uh, not only in San Francisco, but, you know, within an immediate um, kind of distance to San Francisco. There's Tahoe. If, you're, if you want to go to the lake during the summer or ski or snowboard during the winter, there's Napa, where they have some of the best wine in the world. Oh, there's San yeah. Francisco, um, where there's, you know, the bay, the, the, the open space, the parks, and also just a lot of good food and, and, um, and night spots to go to. But outside of San Francisco... Uh, Tahoe, definitely. Mm. I, I love snowboarding. Um, so spent a lot of time in Tahoe last uh, winter and hope to do so again this winter. Um, and then I'm a beach guy too. So, you know, getting down to LA or, um, or Orange County or even San Diego, uh, those are always fun spots. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would definitely say I'd probably stay in San Francisco. There's so much like just activity and energy in the city mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I, I would love the beach but after a month i'd be like gosh i miss that i, I miss that energy in san francisco so i would say i'd probably stay here but those are some other areas i definitely would would uh, love to spend six months or a year here <laughs> uh lounging at yeah you guys are you guys have it very good out in the west coast we actually had sam uh who runs financial samurai it's a, a, a financial blog on about three weeks ago and he's also out in san francisco and he was telling us about his investments through realty shares which immediately after that episode, I'm like, we got to get them on the show. And a, a lot of people in our uh, in our circles and Facebook groups and um, and network are talking about realty shares now. So, and you know, there's so much going on in in San Francisco, of course. But remarkably, I would say almost half of the people that we've had on the podcast have been out from from San Francisco. So, a lot going on in the industry, without saying, but. Um, some really exciting things going on there. And, uh, and it was funny cause Sam from financial samurai was also talking about, you know, if he could be anywhere, it would be, it'd be, uh, San Francisco. And he really likes breezing out to Hawaii. He's like, you know, I go out to Hawaii a few times a year. So pretty good stuff. You, 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 you limited it to California. Otherwise Hawaii would have been on that list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, now what time does it go back when you actually started realty shares? What year was this? This was so. This was actually uh, 2013. It was at middle of 2013 is when the idea behind Realty Share started being formulated. Um, but we didn't launch it until late 2013. Mm -hmm. I was actually still an attorney and practicing as an attorney when the idea 
first came to, to me and we started moonlighting. Um, but I quit my job as an attorney. And, um, I remember the, the day, cause it was uh, two days before my anniversary. Right. <laughs> my wife was very excited about that move and it was actually late August. Um, so that's when we went full time and, and jumped into it, you know, and, and really started building what, uh, what is now a very exciting high growth company. Beautiful. And what, were you a single founder or did you have other co-founders along with you? So I actually had a co-founder, uh, who, um, I met at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. It's my sort of shameless plug to Berkeley. Uh, one beauty, beauty of Berkeley is it has so many different um, sort of schools, like the MBA school, the law school, you know, planning school. And there's a class I took in 2011, no, 20, 2009, which was kind of a cross-functional class on real estate development. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met my co-founder. And then we stayed in touch because we were both we both just love real estate and investing in real estate. Um, and we uh, started thinking about the idea in 2013. And um, he unfortunately didn't... Um, you know, didn't want to quit and go full time when mm-hmm. I did. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of when we parted ways. Uh, he's still a great friend, but yeah, I did have a, a early co-founder, but, uh, when I went full time, that's kind of when we, we split right. and, and kind of, he went on right. and did thing and I enjoy, and did full uh, real t-shirts full time. And can you give us a little bit of background on the timeline of what happens after you found it in 2013, kind of to the progression of, of where it is today? It's felt, it feels like it's been 10 years, but it's been <laughs> three years. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let me, let me give you a high level. So we actually, uh, when, when I went full time, I actually joined an incubator called 500 startups and, yeah. and they're Mountain View based. And now they have offices in San Francisco as well as in other countries in Mexico and India, um, and New York too. So this incubator is a very prominent incubator, not too dissimilar from like a Y Combinator or Techstars. So we were there for about five months. And the, the first five months of the company, when, when, when I was full-time, we got our engineer, early engineer, we got a biz dev person. This was in the 500 Starts Mountain View office. So that was where we really started building the, the product and the company. And, and that's when we launched, you know, launched our full mm-hmm. uh, flex platform in late 2013. Um, so that was the first few, few months. Um, that culminates in what's called Demo Day. And Demo mm-hmm. Day is like, think of it as like a graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, you spent four or five months building the company, talking to investors, and now you're really presenting your company and your idea to a room full of angel investors and some VCs that may or may not invest in your company. So coming out of that demo day, we actually uh, got funded by General Catalyst. They're uh, a prominent Boston and and Palo Alto-based VC. They've invested in companies like Airbnb, Kayak, Warby Parker, um, so really strong VC. And so they they ended up being our lead in our seed round, which was a $2 million round in, in April. Uh, but that's really what kicked off our ability to start hiring really good talent. Before that time, we were just three folks. Um, like I said, myself, a biz dev person and our, our first engineer. But with that uh, funding, we were able to um, hire you know someone to, to think about uh, operations, mm-hmm. someone to do more underwriting and investments, my, uh, management, and even someone to do some help on marketing. Um, so that's really when we started to build, build the company and the staff. Um, we stayed very lean for a long time. I think being lean as a startup is key. You know, you don't want to hire and overspend before you really have a model that's working and mm-hmm. product market fit. And really, really after uh, the seed round, what we focused on is product market fit and, and, and really making sure that we're building something our customers really love and want. Um, and then, you know, about a year after that seed round, we raised a $10 million Series A from Menlo Ventures. And that's what helped us to continue accelerating um, our, our growth, both from a platform standpoint, but also a, a staffing standpoint. And I think what really drew Menlo to the company is at that point, we had very strong product product market fit. It was clear that we were building something customers wanted. Mm-hmm. We were 
see some scale in our, our originations and, and just the customer acquisition strategies that we were working on. Um, and then fast forward to now, I mean, we raised a Series B from Union Square Ventures earlier this year. The company's about 70 folks now. We're all based in San Francisco, and we've made some really great hires across the various areas of the company, both on the tech product marketing, but also on credit, real estate underwriting, investments, et cetera. Um, so, you know, it's, it's now, and, and the company's just growing very quickly. We have customers that love what we do, that, um, you know, are, are so excited they were able to find our platform, um, whether mm-hmm. to use it invest or raise capital. So that's sort of a snippet of the journey. Uh, again, I've, I've focused on the milestones, but there was a lot of uh, details in between. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, that, that was exciting as well. No, I appreciate all that that insight. And we have so many people that are either in startups or, you know, aspiring to do their own digital profession or digital startup of some sort. So we always love to hear the details of, of you know, classic startup stories and how money was raised and how, how that was used to scale. And, and uh, that was a really good insight to, you know, to the reality share story. So appreciate that. The Going into the product, Nav, so you guys... You know, when I look at the product, I look at it from an investor standpoint, but there's also the other side of that, right? There's people who are looking to basically raise capital through the platform. Yeah, exactly. So we have we have the, the investors looking to deploy capital and then what we call sponsors mm-hmm. looking to raise capital, whether it be debt or equity, depending on the, the type of capital we're looking for. I think the, for the majority of our listeners, of course, we're looking on, you know, new ways to invest money. And Honestly, platforms like yourself are one of the reasons that inspired us to even start this podcast because, you know, we grew up in in such a traditional mind of of investment. You go out and you buy a a brick and mortar, you know, house or a a investment property, or you give your money to a broker and you pay them, you know, one, one, one half percent to manage your money. And now with technology, there's so many new ways to get access to new deals, which is, which is really exciting. And we're trying to kind of unearth and discover a lot of these new ways. So from an investor standpoint, for the people that are not familiar with with your platform, there's basically a few different types of ways that you can invest money through the platform and basically be be backed by real estate, right? So you have you have debt, you have equity, and then I also believe you have uh, some type of JV deal. Yeah, so um, that's exactly right. So when we started the company, our the big mission was how do we make investing in real estate more transparent, more accessible, more efficient, and how do we create an ability for investors to diversify their portfolio into real estate. But we wanted to take uh, you know, a, an additional step than just that. And it was really not just about getting access to real estate, but getting access to diversified real estate. So being able to lend on a property, own a property, generate interest income, mm-hmm. dividend yield. And so having enough opportunity to diversify not only into real estate, but across the asset itself. So um, in line with that, we did launch, uh, we, we do have available on the platform for investors, both a debt product as well as an equity product. And we also have exposure on an asset level to residential properties, single family homes, condos, et cetera, but also commercial assets like multifamily, um, retail office. Um, So yeah, we provide both debt exposure as well as equity exposure, as well as a broad set of deals and product types for investors to get exposure to. And we're very broadly focused around the U.S. So Mm -hmm. we've done deals in, uh, you know, 30 states, uh, 30 plus states and and over 60 different submarkets. So really, it's about providing investors with an opportunity to get build a diversified uh, portfolio of real Mm -hmm. estate investments across markets product types and uh, capital structures. Do you guys particularly find any markets that are hot or trending right now or that you get a lot of deal throw, flow through or is it, you know, is it all kind of just random? 
Uh, we definitely have to see pockets uh, in terms of markets that are very hot or where there's a lot of opportunity for yield. We tend to stay in secondary high growth markets. We don't do a lot of deals in in core markets like San Francisco or Manhattan, where there's just so much cap rate compression and yield compression that our investors aren't going to be able to get the yield they're looking for. So instead, we focus on markets outside of those primary hubs. And so instead of San Francisco, we we'll see you'll see deals on our platform from Oakland or Hayward or Palo Alto. Instead of Manhattan, mm-hmm. you may from Queens or Brooklyn. And then there's obviously other markets we're really excited about. Texas is a big market for us, Mm. mainly mainly, uh, Austin and uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. So we see a lot of deal flow from there, mostly on the multifamily and single-family side. We also really like the Midwest markets, so Columbus, um, Nashville in in Ohio, and then uh, we also like Chicago. Um, We also have done a fair amount of deals in your neck of the woods in Florida, so Tampa, Orlando, uh, Miami. Um, and then California is obviously a big market for us. So beyond the Bay Area, we've also done deals in L.A., San Diego, or Orange County area. So those are some of the pockets where we see a lot of deal flow from. But like I said, we're pretty broad in our focus. And really what we look for is to partner with the best operator, the best mm-hmm. sponsor. So whether that de- sponsor is doing deals in the Midwest, the West Coast or the East Coast, really they need to have a firm understanding of the market and they need to have a track record in that market. So that's really what we care about more than anything else. Um, but we do tend to see certain pockets have more deal flow than others. That's so cool. I just think it's so fascinating that you mentioned Nashville. It's like where my dad went to college. And that just the fact that you can log on, you could go on, you could find a, some type of an investment, either equity or debt investment, potentially in Nashville or a handful of other places you know, across the USA. And you can just get into that deal. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, if you wanted to get exposure to that market, you'd literally have to get in a car, drive there, connect with a realtor and try to, you know, try to piece a deal together, right? You know, it's, I, I think you just hit a really, really good point. So one of the things that's most exciting about what we're doing is obviously we're making investing in real estate much more efficient, streamlined, providing better access. But real estate's this hyper-local investment, right? You typically will invest in, your, in, a, in a market that you live in or, or you work in. So something where you have nexus or proximity to but there's so many opportunities outside of that immediate neighborhood right mm-hmm. like we've seen opportunity in the bay area uh, become less frequent because there's so much competition and we've already seen a lot of uh, value build up but there's markets in the midwest and in texas and in florida where there's still opportunities so i think one of the most exciting fundamental shifts we're seeing through through our marketplace and others like us is we're changing that hyper local nature of investing in real estate we're providing access to investors in not only their own markets or the markets they are familiar with, but other markets they may be excited about, but they just don't have the infrastructure to be able to invest directly in those markets. So I think that's really what's exciting to me. And uh, the case study or the story I love telling is, you know, imagine somebody who's sitting, this has actually happened, imagine mm-hmm. someone sitting in San Francisco on their couch on a you know Saturday morning, drinking their cup of coffee, uh, you know, watching their favorite Saturday morning show, investing in a apartment building in Dallas, right? right. Through the the convenience of their laptop or tablet. That's really what we're giving investors the ability to do. Awesome stuff. So lots of people that are listening to this podcast right now, you know, we have an age that's kind of younger, 20 to 35, people with some in- investable assets. And people that have invested in property, physical property before, do you feel like that's a big base of your current customers? Or do you find a lot of people that potentially are, are no vices or layman's and they're just attracted to the technical side of this and, and they're giving it a go? I think we see both. Uh, so we're definitely seeing some existing uh, real estate investors using the platform. And I think 
a lot of them are, are using it for what I just mentioned, getting access to a new market that they just can't do offline um, because they just don't have the, the infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, that market. So we do have a, a, a you know percentage of those investors, um, and the, we also have a lot of investors that have thought about real estate, have been interested in real estate, have read about it, get excited about it, but just haven't had an easy, efficient way to invest in the market. So mm-hmm. I would call the first time real estate investors. So we have both on the platform. One of the beauties of our base of investors is so diverse, right? We have people in um, 30 different states using the platform. We have you know folks that are you know, professionals like doctors and lawyers. We have finance people. We have people that are retired. We have folks investing through their IRA or retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. So there's so much diversity in, in not only our product offerings, but also our investors. So there's no one single profile you'll see on the platform, but rather a diverse array of, of types and, and occupations and ages on the platform. And now who can invest currently through Realty Shares? Is it is it limited to U.S. citizens? Yeah. So there's two there's two limitations right now. One is it's only U.S. investors. Um you don't have to necessarily be a, a citizen. You could be a permanent resident, mm-hmm. but if you're um, neither and you're not in the U.S., then you can invest uh, in, in through the Realty Shares platform today. Although we are working on changing that, so uh, again, we want to open up our platform to any investor, and we don't want to be limited by by geography. But mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit more groundwork on the on the foreign investor side, and then we're also limited to accredited investors. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Sam, I'm sure you've heard that term before. Sure. Um, for the benefit of your listeners, um, that means uh, an individual investor that is making at least $200,000 or more a year or $300,000 jointly with that per, uh, individual spouse or having a net worth of a million, excluding their personal residence. So that's a limitation that's set forth in the 19- Securities Act of 1933. Mm-hmm. We obviously are also thinking about ways to, to allow a much broader set of investors to participate. And we have started working on some strategies, but right now, unfortunately, we are limited by by that um, that definition of, of type of investor, accredited investor. Awesome. Okay. So I wanted to look at a couple of potential investments through the platform. Now, I know we can't do anything that's actually live on the platform, but first I was hoping we could just do a little bit of a basis for, let's just say there's a, a debt deal and an equity deal. Uh, and just for the benefit of any of the listeners that aren't familiar with how this might work, can you give just a, a brief detail on let's say you want to do a debt deal where you're actually providing the money as a loan to someone that has a property. Can you kind of, I mean, it may have just described it right there, but maybe <laughs> give a little bit more detail on how it works, the potential uh, time frame, and um, you know, when they can expect interest payments, et cetera. Yeah. And before I get into that, I'll just give a quick uh, glimpse into the experience that an investor could, could expect. So okay. once you sign up and you confirm you're accredited, then you have access to deals uh, various deals, and you could browse by return type, debt or equity, commercial, residential, you know, different markets, et cetera. And when you click into a deal that you're fascinated by or interested in, then you get a lot more data on the specific uh, sponsor, the market, um, financial information, return information, even some third-party documentation like appraisals or environmental reports, et cetera. So that's all available to you as an investor. Um, so let's talk a little bit about debt versus equity. Mm-hmm. When you're investing in debt, most of our debt deals right now are uh, single-family residential properties, and these are typically bridge loans uh, to borrowers that are looking to acquire an asset, you know, put some rehab work into it, and then sell it mm-hmm. six to 12 months. So they're really short on a term and duration. 12 months is typically the, the uh, top end of the term, but we'll see deals that can go as short as six, uh, six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So that's how long you're putting your capital to work. Um, interest rates on that product can range from 8% 
on the low end up to like 11 to 12 percent, depending on the leverage amounts and the borrower's FICO and experience. So there's some varying return uh, rates based on on the market and the borrower. Uh, so that's what you can expect, which, you know, obviously compared to a lot of other alternatives is a really healthy return in this low low yield environment. So it's something our investors get very excited about. Um, so, I mean, there you're like you said, you're becoming a lender um, and, and the minimums are as little as uh, $5,000. So you mm-hmm. can get exposure to one of these opportunities for as little as $5,000. And essentially what you're doing is you're buying a share of, of, uh, of the loan. So mm-hmm. you're not actually holding the mortgage itself, but rather a promissory note tied to a specific uh, mortgage that is being made by realty shares to the borrower. So that's how the debt, the debt product works. Um, so it's you really you're taking a position of a lender and getting an interest rate return that's paid monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, on the equity, not too dissimilar. Um, again, you you can access a deal room, you get data on the specific deal. Um, but instead of becoming uh, a lender, you're becoming an owner of an LLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that LLC will directly invest into the investment opportunity, which is typically another LLC set up by the sponsor that owns the, uh, the property itself. So, um, and because it's equity, you're also, you're not, you're in addition to getting the, the cash flow during the hold, you're also getting any upside that may be realized when the property is sold. So, you know, with debt, you're in a little bit more of a secure position in the deal, but you're capped on your potential return with equity, your returns uncapped. So if the deal does really well, you can get a much healthier return um, on equity deals. We're usually trying to uh, target an IRR return in the mid-teens, um, which is you know a lot higher than what you'd see on a debt, debt investment through our mm-hmm. platform. And now on the equity deal, is it the backers or the investors that own the entire property or there also p- potentially be a sponsor involved in that deal? Yeah, so there's always a sponsor involved mm-hmm. um, because what we really want to do is align the interest between so these the investors using our platform are very passive, right? They're mm-hmm. looking exposure to real estate without having to take on the headaches of, of property management and tenants and yeah. plumbing and all that good stuff, and they just want exposure to to real estate. And so what they really rely on a dedicated um, sponsor that has skin in the game to successfully manage the the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so our, the deal when the deal's brought to us, it's brought to us by a company by a sponsor that says, look. I'm going to acquire this deal. I'm looking for a capital, equity capital, or in some cases, debt capital that can help me finance this. And um, I'm going to put at least you know X percent of my own capital in the deal. So there's always a sponsor equity component in every deal. And that's really to align interest between the two parties. Gotcha. Now, in the equity deal, is your money locked into that deal until there's potentially a liquidity event, but reselling the property or is it, can you get in or out at different times? So, so right now you're locked in for the duration of the investment and mm-hmm. typically equity deals are three to five years in duration, unlike debt, which is, you know, typically 12 months or less. Mm-hmm. So it is a little longer term. Um, and your, your exit typically happens under one of two scenarios. One is like a recap or a refinance of the underlying property, which could happen if the property has gone up in value mm-hmm. and can't go down, uh, can, can go towards paying back um, investors and generating return, or the more common case is an actual sale of the underlying property. Um, so that's how you how you you would exit as an investor today. Now we have contemplated and thought about a secondary market mm-hmm. where there is a little bit more liquidity outside of an actual sale of the property. Not something we're we're developing right now, but definitely something we're. Uh, closely thinking about um, as a as a way to provide liquidity to our investors in a in a more, more, at least provide more liquidity mm-hmm. for 
investors than just an outright sale of the asset. Sure. Okay. So for the investors, their expectations, if they do an equity deal, they can expect their money to be in there between three and five years. But during those three and five years, there would also be cash flows from interest or, or, or rental income for say. Uh, and then it, you would be, expect to get the money back at the end of the term, say five years in kind of a balloon payment. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's exactly right. So all of our deals uh, generate um, uh, a, a yield, whether it's interest or preferred return or or a cash mm-hmm. uh, distribution. So you will get a quarterly or monthly distribution, even even though the your principal investment is locked in for three to five years or twelve months in the case of debt. Um, and and there could be a partial paydown of of principal. So again, if there's a uh, a recapitalization or refinance, sometimes it can go to pay part of the, the investment uh, back and then keep the rest of it in until the sale. So there is scenarios where you could get a portion of it back before uh, the deal exits, but most likely it's going to happen when the property sells in that three to five year time frame. So a, mo- a monthly or quarterly check without having to change the light bulbs or flush the toilet. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> I love how you plugged it. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> right. So you know, we eliminate the headaches of property management. We'll give you we'll, we'll give you credit for that quote in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. So now going back out to the debt deal, if it seems like that that would be if someone's looking at making their first investment through the platform. And let's say they're bringing $50,000. They want, it's their first time trying to do something, you know, investing in, in something that's, that's enabled basically by technology in the marketplace. If they want to do something that's more conservative, they're not as, as concerned about the yield. They'd prefer a slightly shorter timeline. Would debt? Would a debt deal be the instrument for that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think you kind of said two things in mm-hmm. one. So if you're if you're looking for something shorter term in duration, because they either have the need for the cash sooner or just want you know to see it work, mm-hmm. then yeah, debt given it's a much shorter term and uh, has a much shorter um, time horizon is definitely the better fit. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of the, the first investment an investor makes, I think our investors are really looking for diversif- uh, diversification. And again, that goes to the core mission of not only providing access to real estate, but also a broad set of deals. Um, so we see a lot of investors wanting exposure to both. And, and, you know, some investors will start with debt and then quickly move to equity. Some mm-hmm. will start with equity and then quickly move to debt. It really depends on the, the individual investors' uh, circumstances. But most of our investors do invest across both debt and equity and, uh, you know, like the fact that with an equity deal, they can invest, you know, 10, 15, $20,000, whatever it may be, and put it to work and forget about it five years and not have to worry about in 12 months, hey, I have to now reinvest this. And I was getting a really good yield and now I have to find another deal that's giving me just as good yield. So yeah. some of them like the fact that they can just not have that reinvestment risk and just could put the money to work um, and still generate cash flows. And others just want to see the um, their first investment being something a bit more liquid. But I think most of our investors are doing a combination of debt and equity. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So and back to the equity deal, if someone w- wanted to, what would be the user experience in investing in the equity deal in terms of, uh, I guess the, you'd be raising so much money for a property. And if it reaches that mark, then it goes through. And if for any reason it doesn't reach that mark, is it, is it not, uh, you know, not completed? Yeah. So um, we have a funding goal for every deal we do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really the target amount. Um, and for a debt deal, if we don't hit that funding amount, um, you know, the deal wouldn't move forward. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think we've, I don't remember the last time we've not hit that funding goal. So we have a really strong track record. That's fantastic. Yeah. And on the equity, um, one of two things could happen. If we want, if we don't hit the funding goal, either we don't do the deal, which again, I don't remember the last time that's happened or 
we can go back to the sponsor and the investors and do a revised funding amount. So, you know, if, if we're targeting a million and a half, but we've got to a million and, and the investors still want to proceed with the deal, then we could still do the deal despite not having hit the 1.5. Again, I don't remember the last time we had to do that. Uh, I think we've built a really robust marketplace where we're getting a lot of a deal flow, but we're also getting a lot of capital that's being put to work in that mm-hmm. deal flow. Those are some of the scenarios and uh, that, that an investor could encounter if the funding goal isn't met. So Nav, is there an example deal from the past, you know, a case study or, or a property that's been completed either on the debt or equity side that, you know, you had details on and could tell the listeners, you know, what a, de- a potential deal looks like? Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about a debt deal that, that with the borrower that I won't name, uh, name who it is, but um, has done multiple deals with the platform now. So uh, th- this borrower uh, lived near Chicago. He lived um, in one of the suburbs of Chicago, um, worked as sort of an agent. And before that was, uh, was actually a, um, in, in, um, in, uh, as an engineer and, and really was starting to get fascinated with real estate, was buying deals. And he was raising capital through a local hard money lender, which was very expensive for him, and decided he wanted to try, you know, this whole this new concept of, of re- online sort of fundraising for real estate. So he was essentially buying homes that were, you know, anywhere from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars in size. A lot of them were bank properties, so he was buying pro- inventory from banks or REO. So it's called, um, and he was looking for a flexible uh, fundraising partner that mm-hmm. would provide him quick capital, but also at a better um, rate than what he was getting with his hard money uh, lenders. Uh, he had awesome credit. His uh, credit score was north of 700. And really, he was just looking for efficiency in, in how he's raising capital. So in that, uh, in, in some of the deals we did with him, we were able to provide him with um, a loan that you know I think was about 80% of as-is value and 65% of after-repair value. So meaning after the work is done, our loan amount relative to value of the property would be 65%, which gives mm-hmm. a nice healthy cushion. Um, the yield on his deals was, uh, to investors, about 9%. Uh, and essentially what he was doing was buying properties that needed a little bit of work in really good school districts, putting in anywhere from you know ten dollars to $50,000 of work into the properties, and then either selling them to uh, to uh, an investor or home buyer, mm-hmm. or refinancing them with the uh, conventional uh, loans and holding them as rentals. So those are the two ways he was exiting our borrowers. We did get a personal guarantee from them. All of our debt products uh, have personal get. All of our single family debt products have personal guarantees from the borrowers as well. So that's a case study of a deal we did, and, uh, and the, a lot of his loans ended up being eight or twelve month. Uh, terms in terms of start to finish. So that's a very typical type of debt deal that an investor can expect uh, when investing through realty shares. That sounds great. So this, I, I guess the sponsors is just key, like you said earlier, just making sure that you connect with really good sponsors and people that can bring you good deals that you that have a great track record. Is that a, a huge you know, initiative in within the company is to make sure to always find the sponsors and connect with them all over all over the USA. Yeah, I mean, the, the sponsor is really where our underwriting starts. So when we when we look at a deal and we vet a deal, we first look at the sponsor, their track record, their background. Um, you know, we'll do background and credit checks on the sponsor to make sure that we're working with the right partners. So that that's, I mean, there's if we if we have a great deal but not a good sponsor, we just will never do that deal um, mm-hmm. because we know that. So much of success in real estate um, is with the the party that's managing the property and, and running the strategy. So that's uh, that's something we we focus on a lot when we're looking at a deal or a new opportunity. And I'm I'm really pumped to go onto the marketplace after this and look through all the deals. Johnny and I, uh, my co-host, uh, will have a, our new investment obsession ahead of us. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'd love your feedback. So yeah. if you see ways to improve the experience, I, I would love to hear it. Can, can we leave a link to the show in the show notes to all the listeners to be able to see what deals are available now? Or do you have to be a, a member to actually see that? Yeah, you have to be a member. So um, you have to actually sign up and verify that you're accredited before you get access to any of the deals. And that's again, goes back to the um, limitations uh, set forth mm-hmm. in this exact 1933 around general solicitation and advertising. Although we do have some sample case studies on our homepage of deals we've funded in the past. So there is some uh, general data, but mm-hmm. uh, the data is behind the, the sign up. Okay, so everyone, we'll, we'll leave plenty of uh, details, whatever details we're allowed to l- use. We'll include those in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. So now, if I got to hear from you, uh, you know, what's the future look like? You guys have done so much, been through several fundraising rounds. I see you everywhere that I look online. Uh, very exciting stuff. What, what do you guys have planned for the future? As I mentioned before, we, we raised a Series B earlier this year, and we really used that to build out um, more of the team and hire some really senior uh, folks from both the real estate side, but also the tech and product side. So our, our goal, our ultimate mission is to build the first ever real estate exchange where we have the diverse sets of capital, individual capital. We're now starting to see a lot more institutional capital use the platform um, and diverse sets of borrowers and sponsors looking for debt, equity, commercial, residential, and really provide um, the touch point and the, um, the marketplace to connect those two stakeholders and then layer in other um, uh, marketplace uh, features like a secondary market, like auto investing, et cetera. So we we really want to take advantage of the inefficiencies that are just inherent in real estate and especially in investment real estate products and make that product much more readily available and efficient for, for investors, both big and small, to invest in. So, you know, our, our two to three year plan is to really build out that marketplace, um, build better features, mm-hmm. uh, continue to improve the customer experience and continue to grow the origination footprint. I mean, we're we're luckily and and I guess unluckily in a very massive market. So even doing hundreds of millions of, of deal volume is still small relative Jeez. to the old market yeah. uh, where the market's measured in trillions of dollars, not millions or billions. Um, so that means there's so much growth potential for us. And, you know, our, our growth has been great. And I think we've um, experienced some some strong product market fit that's contributed to, to quick growth. But there's so much potential to to continue building the marketplace and, and growing our footprint. Um, but, but I think, you know, with, with any startup growth is important, but with a startup like ours, so is performance of the underlying deals. So we also pay a lot of attention to underwriting and credit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not enough just to grow. You have to grow in mm-hmm. a, in a way where you're preserving quality in terms of the marketplace and the opportunities on the marketplace. So continue to focus on how we can improve credit under, uh, credit quality, underwriting, and making sure we're not um, sacrificing on that as we continue to grow is another primary focus of ours. So, so I, I'm really excited uh, to to build you know what I think is going to be the biggest disruption in real estate investing and financing. Um, and uh, we have a lot of really smart, intelligent people um, in the company that that are also very excited about that mission. So that's that's what I see for us over the next few years. And fantastic. And I was going to say, you know, it seems like one of the oldest asset classes in the world, being real estate, is all of a sudden the hottest asset class for venture capital to back <laughs> why why is it getting so hot with with vc and money right now and and uh you know it's just it's you know, I, like i said before i think you guys are a standout marketplace in extremely hot and trending industry um but i'm just wondering what got you know what got that industry like kickstarted again from a technical side well i think one one thing is uh, so just a, kind of a just a metric for your listeners benefit but the there's definitely VC interest in the, in the space. Uh, actually, in 2015, we saw about a, a billion and a half 
of capital flow into real estate tech startups. Um, mm. So it shows that there's a lot of interest there. So you know, when you're a VC, you're looking at certain things um, that get you excited about a specific market. The first thing is, what is just the addressable market size? How big is this market? Right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I think real estate just being so massive, uh, both in the U.S. and abroad, just I think generally attracts um, you know the VCs that that want to be in markets that can be massive. Mm-hmm. The second thing is it's so inefficient. I mean, there, you know, being in the real estate market, both as an invest as an investor, as a broker, and as an attorney, I've seen firsthand just how inefficient it can be. Um, so there's so much still to be achieved from a technology standpoint in real estate. So when you couple the opportunity with the size of market, that's what I think what really gets VCs excited about about real estate technology. Um, and if you think about what's happened in real estate uh, from a technology standpoint, the, the immediate kind of players that come to mind are the companies like Zillow and Trulia, right? Or LoopNet. Mm-hmm. These platforms were, were um, pioneers in, in the real estate tech space, but really their focus was how do we make data more accessible? How do we take uh, someone who's searching for a single family home and give them access to bed count, bath count, square footage, et cetera, so they can start their home search on their computer rather than with the broker. But, you know, those companies failed to fundamentally change how we actually invest, buy, sell, finance real estate, right? That part of it, the transactional part of it is still untouched. And now with companies like Realty Shares, um, companies like Open Door, um, you know, companies uh, that are really focused on the financing and buying and selling of real estate and how to make that more tech forward and efficient. That's what I think is going to be the next wave of real estate and technology. And I think that's really exciting, not only to founders and entrepreneurs, uh, but also to VCs, because it presents the ability to continue improving what is a very archaic industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's an otherwise, an otherwise massive market. So I think that's just some of the reasons I think tech um, and real estate are converging in a bigger way now and why there's a lot of capital flowing into that that part of the, the venture industry. Interesting times, very interesting, interesting, and uh, even more interesting business reality shares is. And Nav, by the way, you speak really, really well. Uh, do you have a demo day video from when you guys did uh, where three, 500 startups? <laughs> you know, I don't have one personally. I'm sure 500 stores those so they can laugh about them uh, later. Okay, okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have to uh, dig it out somewhere. We might have a contact at 500 startups. <laughs> I'm sure it's there. Uh, one thing I do remember is I think I did a little dance move kind of walking up on stage. So that's probably the, the embarrassing moment from that demo day. And hopefully you won't find it. Uh, but, <laughs> and, uh, and why not? It's, it's your day, right? You got to make a mark. Exactly. <laughs> so if for, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear more about you, um, you know, just from you, of course, the, the platform as well. So if any, if there's any, no, uh, you know, good links for past content, we'll try to dig them up. If there's anything that you can think of Nav, please send it our way. And we'll, we'll include uh, as much information as we can in the show notes. And then there's just one final question. This is an investing podcast. Is there anything else outside of, you know, your platform, your business and real estate that you invest in? Yeah, so um, I, I have uh, real estate's been probably my biggest focus. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've invested in both multifamily and, and single family as well as some office properties. Um, again, very passionate about real estate and, and, and investing and, and finding good opportunities. But beyond that, I, I have a certain level of part of my uh, portfolio allocated to stocks. So I think there's some really interesting companies. Um, you know, that, that are worth investing in. I was an early investor in Tesla before it skyrocketed to over $200 a share. Good so, for you. Uh, yeah, I, I bought Tesla, but I bought it at $290. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've rebought it at, at a high price. But 
I think I held it when it was still like 50 uh, or I, was, I jumped in when it was still yeah. at 50 because yeah. I more so because I just think Elon Musk is, yeah, is, same. is amazing. Um, and then I also started looking at uh, venture opportunities um, kind of almost as like a pay it forward, but also because I think there's so many brilliant entrepreneurs out there that are that are really passionate about um, ideas that could disrupt large industries or even change the world in a lot of ways so i started looking at more opportunities there haven't um, i would consider myself a novice <laughs> haven't done a lot there and, and quite frankly haven't had a lot of money to put mm-hmm. to, to that market um but um but i am starting to talk to some really interesting entrepreneurs so that's probably my newest kind of um investment focus but but real estate stocks have been a focus for for a while um in terms of what i invest in Thanks so much for sharing that. This has been an extremely exciting, insightful episode. Nav, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, we can't wait to, you know, play with Realty Shares more, invest through there and uh, and follow your guys' progress as you continue to grow. Well, I really appreciate your time and, and the thoughtful questions and I'm really excited to, to be able to contribute to what is an amazing podcast. So thanks so much, Sam. Guys, for everyone else out there, we'll keep all the show notes and links to Nav and Realty Shares, places you can sign up and find more content. In a couple of days, we'll hear from you soon. Another great episode. Real shares is is such a. I, I think it's like a diverse kind of like it's like a whole nother playground for us to invest in. Dude, it's it's already addicting. Uh, since the episode, I've gone in and it's it's like a playground in there. It's great. And dude, what a what a great public speaker nav is i mean if he ever wants a second uh he ever wants to go into politics i think he, he definitely has a future in it yeah i mean definitely super smart guy i mean that, I, I think that's how the kind of a requirement to to be ceo of a, of a company like this so what like what did you like about you know realty shares the most like what, what do you think is the benefit to you well it's kind of like an all-in-one place so one of the things that i just realized that i'm having issues is my tax return was 152 pages. I just finished it, had to file a, an extension. Like I have so many financial accounts and a lot of it's because, you know, <laughs> with this podcast, we're experimenting in lots of different things, which is, you know, it's fun. But dude, it was absolutely draining for me and, and uh, Mario, who's been on the show before my CPA to go through and do all this stuff. And so every new financial account is just more disclosures, um, more paperwork. What I like about Realty Shares is they bring it all under under one roof. Um, and obviously, having you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to uh, to the the leadership and executives of these of these companies. Um, and basically, everyone we've had on the show has just been totally switched on, brilliant people. And Nav is you know falls totally in that into that class. And knowing that really really smart, um, motivated, and uh, people with lots of integrity. Are driving these businesses because I think that's a little bit of the barrier for for these you know the people that have been investing in traditional real estate their whole life to put money into you know a robo advisory or uh, or one of these new you know peer to peer lending platforms they're just there's just that little bit of of um, unknown factor and you know getting them on the show hearing who's behind it hearing their vision hearing about the compliance is key, uh, right? it goes a long way in, yeah, in building and building trust and, and honest. Uh, trust and faith in the in the system. Yeah, I think we're so lucky to to you know to have this podcast and be able to reach out. I mean, to, to the head honcho, I mean, the CEO, you know, taking an hour to come and and talk to us. I think that's amazing, and I think that's what makes me so happy that we have this, so we can share these conversations with our audience. I mean, and you know, it's really you guys that are listening that that make it possible. So thank you guys for for supporting the show and and sharing it the way you guys do. So. 
you said that you, you made an account and you've taken a look at some of the properties. What were some of the ones that you've looked at? Oh, uh, I'm trying to decide if I want to do a debt deal, which is, you know, basically lending money to somebody against their property. So there is that underlying asset, not like the peer to peer lending of the likes of lending club where it's, it's totally unsecured. Um, I think for my first deal, I'll probably do debt. Uh, the equity deals, there are more equity deals on there. The debt deals go pretty quickly. So um, if you if you guys subscribe or set up an account, the emails that come through are great. I mean, I, I probably get an email every few days. Um, I'm on all the lists. I'm on the debt list and the, the equity list. They're just so much fun to look at. And, and just like we've said before in the past, if nothing else, if you just uh, set up an account and just want to stay on their list, you'll learn so much about property. Uh, and how these deals are structured just by glancing through the emails and looking at the deal flow. I mean, I think there's so much value, even if you don't want to invest um, or, or you want to get more comfortable with it. Just do that because you you really do learn a lot about deals and properties uh, just by looking and a lot of the different markets, you know, a- analyzing properties in Pennsylvania or compared to California, compared to Florida. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I, you know, I've actually heard from a couple different real estate investor kind of guru types that one piece of advice that, that they, they give that's really, really good is they just look at a lot of deals before they even invest in anything. So even if you're not ready yeah. to invest, some people will, you know, uh, message us sometimes or comments saying, you know, I really enjoy learning this stuff, but I don't have the money yet to invest or I'm not ready to invest yet. Go ahead and just do exactly what Sam mentioned and just start looking at deals because the, the more deals you look at, the, the better of a grasp we have on the whole situation. So if you look at deals every day for, let's say, a year, by the end of the year, you're going to have such a good education on what's out there and what's possible. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that's that's fantastic advice, and I would definitely encourage everyone to follow that. Uh, man, a lot has happened since last time we talked, which was primarily the election, and the markets have basically boomed. I mean, they've, they certainly haven't taken a hit like a lot of people are projecting. And now I hear a lot of people saying, get in property because property is about to take off. Money is going to flood into the U.S. We have all these, you know, a lot of new uh, investment in infrastructure and stuff planned potentially under the new president. Uh, so property, maybe, maybe, you know, the investment of the, of the next decade. I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts, Johnny? Well, what's crazy is I remember I posted in the boss now. So if you guys aren't a member of that yet. You know, go to invest like a boss, click on bonus, and and that uh, you get invite inside the boss lounge to start part of Facebook group. I was basically saying, so you know, there's there's two sides of the story, and some people are saying what you should do is you should sell all of your index funds right now, all, all your stocks, because you know who, whoever wins for the president, if especially if Trump wins, the stock market's gonna go down, and a lot of experts thought that, and luckily we have this lounge, and even though I'm all for experimenting, you know, some risks. <clears throat> by speaking to the other half of people, a lot of people, a lot of people had also said, "I think it's going to go up." So that's why I actually, you know, stayed on course and said, "You know what? My my plan for my next funds to ho- just hold," and that's exactly what I did. I didn't sell anything, and luckily I didn't because it's it's at an all time high right now. Yeah, uh, did you, so I know you put in those trades to actually try to buy at lower prices and. The crazy thing that happened, like in the markets during the election, the Dow futures dropped like a thousand points. But then by the next morning, we recovered. So I didn't know if your, you know, if your your buy limits actually triggered or if you didn't get in on none of them clicked in because all Uh, the the uh, dip all happened when the market was closed. So the nice thing about the way I had this set up and 
you know, and have these bi-limits is it's kind of a no-lose situation where because it didn't drop down further uh, far enough, just nothing happened. Uh, so I didn't lose, you know, I, and there's no, tr- you know, there's no trade fee. There's nothing. So I didn't lose any, I didn't lose anything. I only would have, it have gained stock at a lower price if it did take a dip. Yeah. So another reason I really like realty shares and, you know, property investment is in comparison to public REITs. And I mentioned this also in, in the lounge yesterday that my REITs have gotten absolutely hammered. I mean, some of my REIT stocks this year are down 25%. And they're, the still, they're still yielding maybe 8% or something. But, but if I ever wanted to sell it, you know, I'm going to take a 25% loss. So some of the great things about purchasing and investing uh, in property, say through realty shares, is you don't have that public market volatility. You know, the markets can swing 10, 20% either direction. Your, your property values, you know, it's probably going to be pretty stable unless we go into a big recession or something. So you can get the same yield. In a lot of cases, you can get even better yield. Some of the, uh, some of the deals in realty shares I'm looking at right now, the debt deals are like 11%. That's, I mean, that's a massive return, right? And then some of the, the preferred equity deals are upwards of 14, 15, 16% when they take in what they're projecting to be able to, to sell the property for in you know four or five years in the future. So you can make excellent returns without the market, uh, the market volatility, which you know, it's a lot easier to wake up in the morning and not see, you know, your like my E-Trade account is down. Oh, my gosh. I don't even, I don't even know. It's like 20, 28 percent this year because it's in Tesla and in a bunch of REITs that are getting hammered. So there's definitely a lot of value in that, especially if you're an emotional investor like, you know, like I tend to be. OK. Yeah. So I, I could definitely see the, the value of gains something like realty shares. I think the, the benefit, the reason why I would consider doing it is because it's very diverse and it's kind of cool being able to see, you know, not only you can see residential and commercial uh, properties that, and you, there's mm-hmm. both the debt and the equity factors. While some of the other kind of peer to peer lending services that are uh, like hard money loans, they're just debt, uh, which I think if you want to keep it super, super simple, you don't want to think too much, um, you know, maybe one of those going to be, would be better for you. But if you want to have yeah. the options, I think we only share is it's nice. And taking a look at it, I mean, I could see some things like you know, you can, you could basically you know get into a, a strip mall uh, and in Las Vegas and you know be a basically you know have equity in that, which is which is crazy, which is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And on one of the most recent episodes with Sam the Financial Samurai, he had invested in some properties. I want to say in Pennsylvania through Realty Shares, and that really that really piqued my interest because um, he he was talking you know how much he enjoyed that particular investment. And Johnny, I know when I met you originally, and we even had our first conversation about money and finances, you mentioned that one of your goals was to, you know, to buy a large apartment complex with, you know, multiple units. Is that still a goal of yours? And, and if so, would you, would you consider doing it uh, through a platform like Roadie Shares compared to actually just buying the physical property? Yeah. So that is still a goal of mine. I think right now, Kind of just like you, I've been investing in so many things since we started this podcast that I really just need to take a break and see how this year's tax returns look. Uh, just yeah. I don't want to hand my my account a, a you know a boatload of paperwork, but uh, this is something I'm I'm going to be looking into into more. Uh, I think what I'll do I'll I'll just make an account and just take a look to see what properties they have. If if anything, just kind of follow my own advice and just poke yeah. around and educate myself. Um, by the way, I, I'm sure. I'll have Anthony put together a link for us. Uh, so if anyone wants to check out Realty Shares, uh, go to investlikeaboss.com. 
dot com slash realty shares or just go to this episode uh in the show notes and we'll have a link uh that way if they end up having some kind of program where we can get credit referring you then then we could say that you came from invest like boss but i think one one thing that you guys should know about realty shares and pretty much all the other you know, platforms um out there that that we interview uh these these are for accredited investors only uh do you remember what the questions were when, when, when you signed up? Okay, so I do. It was I, I did a phone call with a gentleman on their team. So after you sign up, they schedule a phone call, they get to know you. Uh, and then there's actually a 30-day cooling off period, which is, I think, for the primary reason that you know we hear about these things, we get so excited that we jump in and we're like, oh, I want to invest all my money into it. It makes a lot of sense. So if you, do, you, know, if you sign up, um, there's a 30-day cooling off period. Or you can do a phone call with them, which is basically get to know them. They, they, you know, they understand who you are, your investment goals, uh, and vice versa. And if you do that, then it waives the 30-day period, and you can go ahead and um, and invest immediately. And I will say, I've had contact with three or four different people on their staff, amazing staff. Like, and this is what excites me so much about these. You know, not that Realty Shares is a startup anymore, but these, you know. These, these modern investment platforms, they're so well run. They have amazing staffs. They're attentive, totally supportive compared to, you know, say, emailing your bank or something. It's just a totally different experience. And that's what really excites me about the future with, you know, with fintech and, um, and modern investing platforms is it's just a whole different experience um, that is, is much more positive for the consumer and the, the investor. Yeah, I think that's super cool. So I think uh, if you guys are accredited and you guys meet those limits, which means you have a net worth of at least a million dollars or you have net income of at least $200,000 each year for the last two years, then, you know, create an account, schedule the call and just tell me you're you're excited to, to start. Uh, but if you just want to poke around and you're not really that, you know, that sure yet, go ahead and just sign up and just, you know, have that 30-day cooling off period. So when you do feel like logging in and taking a look, you, you know, it'll be... Uh, it'll it'll be active by the time you get around to it. Yeah, and at the very least, take Johnny's advice and get on their mailing list, and and um, it's a great way to start learning about property and property deals. I like it. So actually, I didn't even bother asking you where are you, Sam? I am in a place called Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. I'm going to meet my buddy in British Virgin Islands, and it was a little tricky to get there, so I flew here, and now today I'm flying to Puerto Rico, and then from Puerto Rico, I think I can take a ferry to BVI. I'm going to live on uh, my buddy's catamaran for the next week. That's insane. I, I hope I can get Where you on you? the phone while you're there. I'm, yeah. I'm in. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be tricky. <laughs> yeah. Actually, do me a favor. Open me uh, an offshore bank account while you're at BVI. I probably could. I probably could. But it's going to cost you a service fee. Oh, yeah. Okay. It might be. Uh, I'll pay you in pina coladas and, and whiskey. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in Chiang Mai, and it is actually the Loi Katong Festival here, which is the day where they release all the, the lanterns. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm about to go up to my rooftop right off of this call and just take a look at all the lanterns just kind of flying by, which, which is going to be nice. That'll be beautiful. I'm, I'm, I wish I was there, but I'm, I'm not unhappy with where I'm at either. So I, You know, the DR sounds like, a, like an awesome place. Uh, do me a favor try to get underwater and do some snorkeling or scuba diving because uh, i've heard it's nice there yeah i will i will definitely do so guys uh, i hope you enjoyed that episode with nav uh we certainly did nav if you're listening thanks for coming on the show and, and sharing your insight and uh business vision 
We'll leave all the links in the show notes. Johnny, you have anything else before we take it out? Yeah. I just want to give a big shout out and thank you for everyone who's been leaving the reviews in the iTunes store. Uh, I think the last one we have is from Pavel GRG says, thank you. I've recently began to show interest in growing my money and escaping the rat race. I found this podcast completely through serendipity and I've learned so much from these guys. I never had anyone given me any sort of financial advice. And these two guys have changed my whole outlook in life and what I can achieve if I set my mind to it. So thank you, Pavel. And thank you for everyone who has been taking the time to leave the reviews on the iTunes store. This is how we continue to get these top-notch guests and CEOs onto the show. You know, when, when they see how high-rated the show is, how many people are listening, how many people are leaving reviews. So if you guys want us to be able to continue bringing you these kind of interviews, please, please, please take your time, take the time and leave a review on iTunes. Okay, guys, thanks again and look forward to another great episode next week. Catch you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week. Oh, hello. Meet Optima Health, your friend for Medicaid coverage. Like any true friend, we can help make life a little easier with discounts on healthy food and gift cards for pregnancy and child checkups. We include vision and medical help 24-7. See more benefits at OptimaMedicaid.com slash hello. It's time to say hello to Optima Health, a health plan you can count on.